Hi, I'm Taylor. And I'm Maddie. And it's time for another episode of Sisters Who Posh. We are two sisters who love thrifting. And have been reselling online for the past few years. We are sharing all of our best tips and tricks along the way. As well as setting goals and updating our progress each week. With brand new episodes every Tuesday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sisters Who Posh. This is a very special episode and long-awaited. It is Taylor's one-year anniversary of being full-time on Poshmark, and we want to talk about it. You know, the highs and lows of the year, what she's going to take into this next year. It's very exciting. We've hit a milestone. Yeah, a huge (laughs) milestone. Yeah, so we're going to talk all about that in a little bit, but first, well, first of all, sorry we missed last week. We were on our spring break. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're back again, and there's a lot to catch up on. We haven't recorded it actually a couple of weeks now, so what is new this week? So a few things. Over the last couple of weeks, I have been making like... not you know a ton of sales i haven't been putting a ton of effort into poshmark recently but i have been still making a couple sales each week just like using the posher va tools of like it sharing my closet and sending out offers and stuff like that which is just so exciting when you're like not fully in it to see like oh i just got like a reasonable offer or oh i just made a sale so that's been super fun and i've been really enjoying that And then also one of my goals this past month was to get out thrifting at least once. And I did that over the last couple of weeks. It's just, you know, our happy place. It's so fun. Yeah. I went to Play-Dohs, of course, and got a few things. What did you find? I found two Outdoor Voices sports bra workout top. What is going on at yours? They always have that there. I know. Um, one of them is my size, so I think <gasps> I think only one is going to get listed. If one is honest. spoken for. <laughs> one has been spoken for. <laughs> and then I found a pair of Everlane jeans. And Love. I found a pair. This was a little bit of a gamble, but I found a pair of frame high-waisted flare like a little bit cropped flare jeans that are like, what's the word? Like fringe at the bottom. Oh yeah. And they seemed really cool. I don't know. I I feel like frame for us has been like hit or miss and sometimes it takes a while to sell, but I decided to pick that up as well. So a few new items coming to my closet soon. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like frame, like exactly what you said. I feel like you'll get a good price for them, but it's not like I feel like the, where it's like the same. Week. Yeah, I feel like there's a smaller group of people that, but the people that like it are willing to pay a lot for it. So that you'll get a good price for it, but it might take a little longer than a, a Goldies or Everlane or, you know, some of those. Right, but definitely. Exciting. Yeah. How about you? What's been going on for you? Not too much, just the normal i guess a couple things that are new so one kind of personal thing as you know i've been getting a lot of stuff for my house on facebook marketplace and i made a reel showing like some of my favorite things that i've yeah i guess got secondhand that are in our house we both bought our houses like since being resellers so i'm always looking for a good deal on furniture items and stuff like that for the house it's like funny, we were saying like one room of my house is like all the stuff that was in our apartment. That's like before I was reselling. It's like all stuff I bought brand new. And then like you can tell like all the other rooms, it's like slowly but surely been getting furnished, especially on Facebook Marketplace. But one thing that I've been loving buying on there is rugs because rugs can be kind of expensive if you've ever yeah. bought a rug. Like when you buy them brand new in order to get like a, even the eight by 10 or even for our, one of our living rooms, I really need like a nine by 12 rug. And those can be like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And it's just like so expensive and such like a boring thing to spend money on. Right. 
Um, I feel like when you look them up, they're always like, oh, starting at like $40. And that's for the one that's like literally like, a yeah, it's like two by two. <laughs> and then you put in the size you actually need. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, it always gets you off. You're on Rugs USA. Um, <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. And then they have it like, it's on half off sale, but it's like from $2,000 down to $1,000. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's like not, not very fun to buy. To yeah. So I've been buying those on Facebook Marketplace. I think like if you li live in a city that has like a little bit larger of a population, you can find really good stuff on there. Sometimes brand new. I've been buying rugs on Facebook Marketplace. I will say it's been a little hit or miss sometimes. Like sometimes I feel like I find the perfect rug and then I've had like three different rugs that I've bought on Facebook Marketplace in my living room at this point because I like buy it and then I get it in and I'm like, mm, this one's too red. And then it's like, I want more of like a cool tone one. And yeah. then I bought a second one, but then it was a little bit too green. And I'm like, that's not really what I was wanting either. So I finally found a rug that I really like for our living room on Facebook Marketplace. It's a nine by 12 rug. It was brand new. And I think I only paid a hundred dollars for it. So that was a wow. really good deal. Cause I looked up the same rug and it was like, it was on sale for like $600 online still. Wow. So I feel like I got a good deal. Plus I sold the old rug that I also bought on Facebook marketplace <laughs> for more than I paid for it on Facebook marketplace when I bought it. So I feel like it was a free rug when it was all said and done. Perfect. I sold the current rug in the room the rug that wasn't there for 125 and then I got the new bigger rug for 100 So like coming out wow. on top. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I feel like some furniture items like that, it's hard to like imagine what it's exactly going to look like in the space, especially yeah. when you're like changing out other items at the same time. Like yeah. it might have looked, the red one might have looked better if like the console would have been different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then kind of is ever changing a little bit. Yeah. Like I've liked, I definitely liked all three rugs, but it just like wasn't quite right for what I was envisioning. And also it's kind of hard with buying rugs on Facebook marketplace because they're like a kind of awkward thing to like fully unroll when you're like doing a yeah. pickup at someone's house. So I feel like I would kind of like unroll it a little bit, look at it and be like, oh yeah, that'll work. And then I get it home in the natural daylight all rolled out. I'm like, this is very green. This is not what I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so third time's the charm with the rugs in my living room. <laughs> Love it. Great job. And then I had one of my friends in town here. We decided to go to a last chance together this last week. Um, oh, nice. Which last chance, if you don't know, is basically where like all the Nordstrom and Nordstrom rack returns or like stuff that Nordstrom Rack is getting rid of. It's like the final stop for Nordstrom. So there's really, really great brands there, but they're super, super discounted. And it kind of works like Goodwill where they have different color tags and like one of the tags is half off and they're, they're running sales on a certain color and they're constantly putting new stuff out. Last chance, there's only two locations in the whole US. So all Nordstrom's, the product ends up at these two locations. One is in Chicago, and one is in Arizona here. So very lucky to have that in town. Really? There's only two? There's only two. Yeah. Wow. And it's kind of funny because when we both started reselling, you lived in Chicago and I lived here. So it's kind of like meant yeah. to be. Oh my um, gosh. So much about our reselling has been just dumb luck. We're just in the right <laughs> place, right time. Yeah. I know. Because I thought they were just kind of like, like a little more rare, but probably still a handful of them at least. But no, they're yeah. pretty rare. I think wow. the only other way to get super discounted products like that is like buying like the Nordstrom liquidation pallets. So mm. otherwise those are the only two like stores that are in the country. So, but I hadn't really been there in a while. I hadn't been since last time we went together, which was over a year ago, I think. Yeah, um, at least. We were both still kind of newbie resellers. I mean, we still are, but especially then <laughs> we were brand new. And it's like, you kind of do have to know more brands to know what you're looking for there and to find the things that are a super good deal that can flip for a lot because they do have it priced, I would say like higher than a buy, sell trade store even because a lot of it is new yeah. condition or like new condition. It's just stuff that's been returned. Like they have like really high-end brands that you can find for like, a really good price and sell for like even like hundreds of dollars. So it's definitely worth going to, but I feel like we didn't know enough at the time. Right. And then I've been so on my like low cost of goods kick the last six months that last chance didn't really fit into that business model. This 
friend that I went with, she has been reselling for a couple of years and she focuses more on like the higher ASP and like paying up for things. She's done like crazy good. The last couple of months, she like posts some of her sales total for the months on Instagram. And I think like one of them was like $15,000 just for like one month in sales. Crazy. So when she said she wanted to go to Last Chance, I'm like, oh my God, I definitely want to go. First, like, like, it's no fun to have with. a friend and fun to hang out with her. But like, if you're going to go to Last Chance, like she's a good person to go with because she knows like yeah, what to be looking for. And uh, I had a couple things in my cart where I'm like, hey, like, is this a good one? Like it's half off, but it's still going to be like $50. But there's this flaw. And she's like, oh, I would pass. Or like, you know, kind of help yeah. me figure out like what was a good find and what wasn't. So fun how there's like so many different resellers and everyone has like a different way that works for them. And you, there's so many ways you could go about it, but it was kind of fun to, I kind of want to go back. Cause I feel like I got a few things that kind of like the Buffalo exchange and buy, sell, yeah. trade. I have been trying to incorporate a little bit more of some higher ASP items. And I feel like even just stopping by, we went on Monday morning and it was pretty dead. They had a bunch of new stuff that they had put out over the weekend and yeah, found some good deals. Amazing. I remember when we used to go to last chance, there was a whole thing where like the internet wouldn't work in there. So you couldn't like check comps. And then we found like a loophole where it was like one corner of the store where you could get yeah. your phone to connect. And it sounds like that's not an issue anymore, right? Well, yeah. So Cause I was meeting my friend there and she was like, Oh, just text me. I'm like, am I like going to be able to find her? Like, <laughs> <kinda> scared. <laughs> it's kind of a big store. <laughs> like yeah. looking for my mom, lost kid style. <laughs> um, they have Wi-Fi, So I don't know if they always had Wi-Fi, but I, I swear we checked. Like, yeah, we weren't born yesterday. We would have checked for Wi-Fi last year. And That's I remember amazing. it was like a thing because that made it even more stressful because it was the double whammy. We don't know very many brands and we can't check comps because we have, have no service. Yeah. We got to go with our gut, but like our gut only knows like Madewell. So. Yeah. And aren't they like final sale too? It's all final sale. And it's uh, especially for us back then, like it's definitely considered was would be considered paying up, I think, definitely. even still. But especially back then when you know we're sourcing for the lower cost items and a Madewell sweater is like $15 there. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So yeah. And then to have, get like, uh, like I found like an Alice and Olivia dress oh, wow. that I'm selling in my closet. And I think I paid like 30 or 40 for it when I bought it this week. So it's like, like that, that would then. not have been on our radar. I was happy I could <laughs> check comps this time and like, no, yeah. I was getting myself into with some of those. Yeah. Yes. That would not have been on our radar before. Yeah. That's but. very exciting. Definitely. Like, like the Buffalo Exchange items, just like spread in a little bit will yeah. really help your sales totals, I feel like. You like broke through to me when you, we were realizing it's like, even if you only make, even if I'm mainly still focusing on lower cost of goods, to have a few high sales sprinkle in can really boost the month. So, so yeah, that's kind of all my updates. We didn't exactly have a listener question this week, but we wanted to throw it out there that we did have a couple people message us on Instagram. I've been posting on my stories lately that I've been sourcing a lot of dresses and the dresses are just so fun to try on. Cause it's like, <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about dresses. It's just fun to try them all on. They're all yeah. so pretty. So I've been taking more modeling photos. You know, we've been on the photography journey the last six months too. And I've been getting a lot of comments of people on my stories being like, is this you? Like, what is your lighting situation? Like, what's going on? Like, how are you taking these? Yeah. And I just think it's so funny that, is this you? I've literally had multiple people ask if it's me. I'm like, that is so flattering. Like, <laughs> they look really good. I, I'm really impressed. Even when I've looked at some of yours that you've posted, like, I'll look at the first couple, like, thinking they're, like, stock photos. And then by, like, the third one, I'm like, oh, it's it's Taylor. <laughs> like, and then I go back. Yeah. You asked me, I had a couple like other reseller people ask me and then I had mom ask me. <laughs> so we're all um, impressed. We I, need the tips. I feel like I'm, I'm definitely not an expert and I feel like it's still, I kind of get embarrassed to model sometimes. I feel like I'm getting to a spot where I feel like I can take a photo modeling an item that I feel good about making a cover photo yeah. like, as far as lighting and a couple poses that seem to work. I don't know. I'm not a master. Yeah. So we definitely want to do an updated photography episode all about that because we did a photography episode way back in season one. 
I feel like we both have figured out a few more tips of how to improve taking photos for the listings. We did get our, actually, do you have a ring light? Or did you no, have to return it? You didn't get didn't that. Work. I still need yeah. to buy another one. But... Okay. Well, I have a ring light, so I can talk all about that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like even in the last like six months or so, both of us have been modeling a lot more. I know we did that case study where we checked like oh, our last yeah. 100 sales, what percentage was modeling. So maybe we'll do an update on that because I feel like the percentage is even going to be higher now. That would be really fun to do that with this again. Um, but yeah, so all that will be coming next week with our updated photography episode. So that was kind of one of the main questions we've been getting lately. So we just wanted to touch on that during the listener Q&A. We are bringing to you live our Posh News Update. Each week, we'll give you an update on what's going on in the Poshmark app, any new features, or what's going on in the reseller community. All right, so this week's Posh News Update, recently in the Poshmark app, they have been like out of the blue announcing that there's free shipping on sales within the next like hour they're just offering free shipping and it doesn't seem like there's a ton of like rhyme or reason of when this is happening not having to pay the seven dollar shipping is huge this is really exciting they've done it now i think they did it last weekend and then they did it again this current saturday here but the first time they did it we didn't know about it at all and i didn't really see much posts about it on instagram because i think it just kind of literally popped up yeah, I don't think anyone was expecting them to do that, really. But I got had someone message me, like I must have liked an item from their closet, and they had sent me a message being like, "Hey, Poshmark's doing free shipping for the next hour." Da da da. But by the time I saw their message, like I think it was already passed and it was already mm. over, and I was like, oh, "Dang, that would have been a good idea to like message everyone um, yeah. that had liked your items in like the last couple weeks and just do what that girl did and send a message saying like, "Hey, free shipping the next hour. I'm accepting offers." But obviously we had missed our chance. And I was like, dang it, I hope they do that again. Yeah, this Saturday, I, I did see a few other resellers, a lot of other resellers had the same idea where I feel like everyone was kind of keeping a better eye out for it this time. So you yeah. texted me about it. And when I checked my Instagram too, I saw a bunch of people posting on their stories, like linking to their closet, basically saying the same thing that that girl had said, like, I'm accepting offers, free shipping this hour. So we both decided to send some messages out in our top secret posh tips, part three, one of the tips we shared shows a really quick way where you can basically select a lot of people that are previous buyers from you or previous likers and select them all really quickly and blast out a bunch of messages. So we both did that. And I actually made kind of a lot of sales yesterday doing that. Really? During the free shipping hour. Yeah. I need to count it up. I think I sold like 13 items. Oh my gosh. It's like a mini sale. <laughs> it really was, um, which was really exciting. And I definitely want to keep an eye out for that again. I was nervous a little bit about messaging people because I feel like my last Valentine's Day sale was pretty successful for me, but I also worry about like messaging people too much. So I'm right. like, didn't want to message them about this and have it be a flop. And then like, I try to run a sale next month and it's like, and they're like, go away. Stop messaging us every like hour. We know you'll give us half off. <laughs> yeah, it seemed to work. I sold, yeah, I think like 10 or 10 to 13 things. There's like a couple bundles in there. The rules with it are still a little confusing. The items have, they have to spend at least $10 to get the free shipping, yes. which makes sense because with the shipping discount and the Poshmark fee, that's basically like nothing left. Right. <laughs> yeah, it has to be at least $10. And then the other thing that's a little confusing with it is the time zones of it all. That's what I was kind of having a hard time communicating. I just didn't really mention it in the message that I sent. I don't know how you dealt with that, but it was like, okay, starting at 11 p.m. Pacific time until noon. But the way they have it worded in their notification banner was like, from 11 Pacific time to 2 p.m. Eastern time, which makes sense, but it was like, that's kind of a confusing way to word it. It seems like it's three hours then, even though it's not. Yeah, I guess I didn't even realize that part. When I clicked, there was like a banner in the app that said like free shipping at the top and I just clicked it. And then there was like a countdown of like how many minutes were left. So I didn't yeah. even, I just said in my message like, hey, for the next 45 minutes, 
I didn't even think about the time zones, like explaining it that way. And the offers of it was a little funky because so if if you sent them an offer like on the item in their bundle, then they would yeah. get the free shipping still. If they sent you an offer and you accepted it, you would get the free shipping still. If they bought it outright, they would get the free shipping still. But the only hang up I was having is if you do use a VA and it's sending out the automatic offers with that other shipping discount that I was running into issues with. Oh, if people would accept that. Cause I think that was like sending kind of bypassing it and still being able to send it with that 595 shipping or whatever it is. So maybe for next time, just disabling that for the hour while you're doing that, just so it doesn't get really confusing. Cause I did have to go in and do the other top secret posh tip. Oh have we talked about this one? Yeah. We changed the size. Yeah. The, um, we can never remember the names though. <laughs> the ultimate undo button. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We're familiar. Know. We're familiar. <laughs> I can never remember which ones are ones for our upcoming part four. Using it now, <laughs> or which ones we've already shared. But yeah, if you change the size of an item, then it like basically cancels out the order, and you can send a new offer. So I had to do that for one of the sales that I made during the free hour of shipping. But yeah, it seemed to work. I had one person message me back. Hey, I just sent out the same message, LOL. But then I found out that offers don't count for the free shipping. It's only if they buy bundles or if one item is over $10 directly. But that was not true. <laughs> I messaged her back and I'm like, I just bought two things by sending offers to other yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. So, I know. I was trying to check like before I sent out my message, I was trying to check from the buyer view of like how this actually works. And I think yeah, it does show up for the buyer. If they just send you an offer, it'll do the free shipping. Yeah. Like you yeah. were saying. Yeah. I messaged her back. She was super nice. Cause I was like, Oh, like I just bought two things for myself from separate sellers and I got the free shipping, but it is really confusing. So who knows? And then, yeah, she was like, Oh my gosh, this is so confusing. So not a lot of information out there. We're all kind of figuring it out, but yeah, I hope they do it again. From a selling standpoint, it was worth it to send the messages. And follow right. up. Like, I don't think it's always going to work, but free shipping is a very intriguing deal. <laughs> I know. I mean, even less so now, but we used to make good sales on the closet clear out days. We were really into that for a while um, yeah. with the discounted shipping. So this is kind of just like a bonus on top of it. And it totally really, free. I feel like it was a lot of the people that ended up buying stuff was stuff was people that had liked the item like in the last couple days. So it was pretty recent that they were interested in the item. Plus yeah. it really creates that sense of urgency where it's like, it ends at this time. And it's like, <laughs> it's now or never. They get that impulse by <laughs> mentality yeah. going. Yeah. I think I'm going to draft up a message for the next one. I feel like my message this time was really just like <gasps> on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just trying to write something, but trying trying to explain it a little bit better in a thought out message of what I want to say. So I'm ready next time we see it happen. Oh, also, if you do any like online sourcing on Poshmark, that would be a great time to mm. get those offers sent out during that hour to try to get some inventory for free with free shipping. So something to keep in mind, or if you just have a couple items that you're looking to buy for yourself, yeah, maybe it's time to pull the trigger on those too. <laughs> yeah. I know we were really into our like mystery box phase or like even making our own boxes kind of yeah. like sourcing a few items from the same person's closet. So you only have to pay shipping once that would just like negate that where you could just get the best couple things from, you know, different people's closets to resell and yeah. not to be the shipping. The shipping is what drives up the cost of goods too much online sourcing sometimes, unless it's like a super high end item. Definitely. Yeah. I did make a couple purchases with the free shipping during the hour too. Cause I was like, listen, I hate paying the shipping. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Very exciting. All right. So that brings us to the main event which is our full-length interview with Taylor me Jay. the expert full-time reseller i already forgot what you called shop taylor J. 
know. I was actually just thinking, like, I hate my closet name the other day, and I kind of want to change it. What would but you I don't want to change it too. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that's like a pun, or mm, I don't. Do you want your name so. in it? I don't know. I don't know what I want. I like my name, Taylor J, but like I don't really ever go by the middle name part ever. <laughs> and I, I, my like regular Instagram handle, like my when I we got, when I got married and like changed it to my new last name, like we went from having our unique last name to having like now I have a basic last name and Taylor <laughs> Gilbert was taken. <laughs> so that's when I started throwing J in the mix again, but I don't know. Just something, it's food for thought. Yeah. Rebrand coming soon. Maybe a rebrand <laughs> in, in year two of being full-time. We'll yes. So maybe first, do you want to just give us an, an overview of like how you decided to go full-time? Like what was the timeline on that? All yes. those details. Yeah. So we've talked about this in some other episodes, so we'll keep it brief. I always talk forever though, so you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so... We both started reselling uh, during March 2020. The pandemic happened. Yeah, so I was like just cleaning up my apartment all the time, different areas. And when I got to my clothes, I just started listing things on Poshmark and was honestly just having fun, like putting outfits together and selling the items on there. And I worked as a retail store manager for H&M. So I had a lot of clothes because I've worked retail for like 10 years. And yeah you go shopping a lot when you're just at the mall 40 hours a week, you know, Can't, and you have a discount, like yeah. twist my arm. So I was just cleaning up my own closet and yeah, it was really fun. We both got really into it. You started your own closet. We started the podcast like one day later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then when I went back to work, when the mall started opening back up, that was just kind of in the back of my head from seeing other people being full-time resellers. And I'm like, Oh, that'd be like really cool. Cause I do like selling clothes. I am loving thrifting and I don't know, I feel like it was a lot of the same stuff that I was doing at my job as a store manager, but getting to do it on my own and have my own schedule and work from home, that was all like really attractive. So yeah, after like almost like a year back working in the store, I was like, I've been talking about going full time. I really want to do it. Just took the leap. I didn't have anything like lined up. I I don't know. It was like a little scary to be like, oh yeah, I'm putting in my two week notice. They're like, oh, like, where are you going? <laughs> and you're like, nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. Going, going to this small business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last year, March 22nd, exactly the day this episode's going up was <laughs> my last day of work at my full-time job. It doesn't feel like it's been a year in a lot of ways, but it also like, I can't remember, I can't imagine like going into my old work at this point. You know what I mean? Like it seems so fast life. I know. I can barely remember like when you were doing posh part-time, I just feel like you've always been full-time, but there was a long period where you were a part-time reseller, just like the rest of us. (laughs) I don't know. It's been a, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been really fun. I'm like loving it has its ups and downs. We'll get into all of that. But overall, like, That's yeah, awesome. last year's been just super fun. Like a little bit of a balancing act, keeping the posh going for a full year. But also we've had so much like fun, like visiting family and, you know, just getting to be home a little bit more and all of that. So I've been really liking it. So do we want to talk about some of the lessons you've learned over the last year? Like you kind of hinted at, hasn't been all total roses of just going from working a full-time job where you have a steady paycheck coming in every two weeks and standardized processes to go into working for yourself and really having to like make all the decisions of what you're going to do. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We have it split into like four categories of like the four cornerstones of the lessons learned in one year of reselling full-time. Yes. So the first cornerstone is how to take time off. I feel like the first time I had a friend's wedding and bachelorette last summer and a family trip planned and all this stuff that was all like a few weeks in a row in the summer. And I feel like when I first went full-time in March, the first few weeks, I was like loving it. I was like creating my little daily schedule. I was just 
loving the life, but being full-time hadn't really like hit fully yet. And I thought I was doing a good job prepping for this time off, but that, that few weeks when I was on time off, I guess, from reselling, yeah. but didn't really do the best job preparing for it. That was like the first like biggest fumble that like sent me into a tailspin of being like, oh my God, I'm questioning everything. Like I thought I like had set up good processes for while I was going to be gone. I don't know. I was just feeling the stress that month. Yeah. That was like the first time where I'm like, oh my gosh, was this a huge mistake? What did I do? So I think the best thing that I've learned over the last year is how to take time off when you're self-employed and working for yourself because you don't get PTO like at a regular job where you can, you know, take time away from your job and still have a paycheck coming in without having to worry about it. It's nice in a lot of ways being full-time self-employed reseller because my time's very flexible so I can take time off if I need to, but like the planning piece of it and making sure that I'm prepared so I like still have like a passive stream of income coming in or just that I'm not super overwhelmed, but I have to come back in and it's like, oh my gosh, everything's been at a standstill for like two weeks. How to do that has been a learning curve. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think a big part of it is just like still keeping a, like a calendar of like having, you know, if you have like that wedding in a few weeks or like a month or something, just keeping that in the back of your mind so you can set yourself up beforehand rather than just like, yeah. only thinking about the week ahead or something like that. So I think ways that have helped me be able to take time off in a way that's not stressful to me. And that makes me want to like get on LinkedIn immediately and find a new job um, <laughs> is yeah. Like knowing, having a calendar set up and like knowing like, okay, I know I'm going to be going back to Wisconsin for a wedding this week. So it's not going to be a normal week. So a couple things that I could do now that I, had it done before is maybe the week before or plan the week after when I return to have a closet sale. So that way yeah. I know I can like drive a little bit of extra sale and get some momentum going because after I run a closet sale, not even just because it's like financially a good sales week for me, it's like gets my motivation back and gets me inspired and like happy about making yeah. sales, I guess. That was like what I was missing that that July that should not be named when I'm like <laughs> <laughs> spiraling. Um, so yeah. So I think having a sale either before you go on your trip or after, just so you like know that you had like an extra good selling period before you're taking like a little bit of a lull in sales for one week, then the whole month as a whole is usually more in line with what you're expecting. The other thing is like pr any prep you can do. So if you know you're going to be, and you're not going to be able to be like, sourcing and like taking photographs, any of that prep work that you could do like before your trip. So that way, even if you only have like an hour a day while you're gone, or even just a block of hours somewhere halfway through the trip that you could dedicate to working, you could have some photographs like drafted up in your Poshmark drafts, yes. and then you could just post them live. Or there's even the feature with the dropping soon. I personally haven't really used that since last August, but when I did use it, I really was liking it. Cause you could even like schedule out like, you know, a few listings per day of the whole week you're gone to just drop day of your vacation. And then you really could just like not have to think about it at all. And I think that's right. kind of what I want to get into the habit of doing even more is having that prep. There's still items going live, even when you're like away from it. Cause I feel like that does help having the consistent traffic where it doesn't, the algorithm is still a mystery sometimes, but I feel like it always hurts you when you're like really inactive on the app in general. Right. Or at least using the like posture VA to do the copy listings like yeah. 10 a day or something while you're gone. So it's like at least something new activity is showing up for sure. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you want to actually enjoy the vacation yeah. and not be like, guys, I need to go do this for an you don't hour. Want to be like, plugged in. Cause then your part of your brain's still worrying about it and you're not really taking time off. And it's just like, you're kind of trying to do half and half. Right. You're never really recharging. So yeah, I totally agree. Having, having the shares continue on. And also if you can, if you are going to be out of town and you can find a creative way to have someone ship for you or 
only turn your closet on vacation mode for part of the trip and then turn it back on when it's like within a re reasonable time for you to ship packages when you get back. Like limit the amount of time that you're actually like turning off your closet. You can still make sales without doing a lot of activity on there. And for me, that's worth it to even make a couple sales. Maybe it's not as much as I would have made if I would have been totally tuned in, but that I, I don't like just turning your closet off really right. like ever because I feel like yeah. then you know you're not going to make any sales. <laughs> Especially, I mean, if you're going on like a long weekend trip, it's like, there's no reason why you need to turn it off like, right. if it's just a few days. So right. definitely something yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah. Or like, I, I know we've had both of our husbands, shout out to the husband cast. They both helped with shipping in the past. When I went home for my friend's bachelorette, like Rick helped me ship that week. So I didn't have to take, turn my closet off at all, which was really nice. Nice. How has it been taking a day off on a normal week. So like a normal job, you'd usually only work like, you know, five days a week. Yeah. How has that been transitioning to working really for yourself? Like, do you feel like you put in the same amount of hours every day or do you try to take one day for yourself? Yeah, that's been like something I think I'm still figuring out a little bit. I've been trying to mirror my husband's schedule. So if he's like has a day off, then I've been really trying to like not feel bad about like taking a day off too. Like my closet's always being shared. We don't really have big plans for the day. And I feel like I want to go thrifting or something like I'll do that. But do try to like take days off because that was also really burning me out during July when I got back of just feeling like I feel like it's really unhealthy to not have boundaries with like work and like home because yeah. when I came back from that vacation in July and I wanted to hit the ground running again, then I found myself a lot of times like super late at night, like refreshing Poshmark and like trying to like send offers and like just not having like clear, not even having a day off, but just like being like, okay, it's like midnight. I don't need to be like scrolling on Poshmark right now. It's really not helping anything. <laughs> trying to have a structured schedule. It's, it's really hard because you don't have anyone telling you what tasks to do or like any deadlines that like you really have to do that are super time sensitive unless you make them for yourself. So a lot of the days, like when I'm having like a work day, time can get away from you like so fast if you don't, if you're not careful, just because Poshmark is an app on my phone. So sometimes I'm like starting, like I'm sending offers and then suddenly I'm like, why am I on Instagram? Like, I don't even know how yeah. I got here. There's always like, oh, I could just uh, I don't really feel like going thrifting. I could just go tomorrow. So I think the more you like have a set plan for yourself and act like it is like a real quote unquote job, cause it is. Um, yeah. Okay. Like I need to go thrifting X amount of times this week. It's been helpful to have like, I need to list like this many items per day. Okay. The second lesson learned, don't put all your eggs in one basket. This is something that I really want to improve on. I feel like this is a more of a recent lesson. Um, <laughs> a lesson with, in progress. A lesson in progress. With in February, Poshmark had that change to the search algorithm, so they were sorting the the searches differently than they used to be, and a lot of resellers noticed their sales totally drop off that week because, obviously, you know, even when if they change it and improve it down the line, there's always going to be changes to the apps we're using. It's always going to be like a little bit of a speed bump when you're getting used to the new way of working with this new feature. Right. And no one was really sure of how to work with this new feature the best. So a lot of people saw a dip in sales. So I just had my Valentine's Day sale. So that helped at least through that. But that really opened my eyes that I'm like, oh my gosh, after my sale was over and I had like a few days of like absolutely no sales and I'm trying to figure out this new algorithm before they had switched it back oh my gosh, all my eggs are in one basket. Like if I don't make sales on Poshmark, like I'm basically not making sales anywhere else right now because that's where I'm putting all my attention. So it'd be smart to cross-list other platforms, even continuing picking up home stuff from Facebook for, for selling on Facebook Marketplace. Just kind of have other things going on so you don't feel that stress. I just literally felt a weight on my chest being like, oh my gosh, like if I can't figure out this new search like quickly, this is going to go from being my best month ever with my highest sales day last week during my sale to like barely <laughs> scraping by by the end of the month. Yeah. So it's scary. And you, we never know when they're going to change or make updates to the apps we're using. So you have to be flexible and be able to go with the flow. 
Right. So and I you think... never know too if it, like another app is going to come out that is really popular that we all decide to shift more of our attention over there and just being willing to like make those moves. Yeah. Or like a, a, an app could just totally go under one day and be like, yep, we're bankrupt. Like we're done. Yeah. We're done. And I don't yeah. think like we're really at risk of that anytime soon with Poshmark, but never say never. And it was just like kind of an eye opening thing to be like, okay, if I want to keep doing this full time, I need to like have it be a way that is not all relying on one stream of income that I'm not in control of and that they don't really like owe me anything. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Something to keep in mind for sure. There would be no severance package if Poshmark was <laughs> under for me. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's something I want to think about. And even like little things like, you know, we don't make money on this podcast, but it's like, I think it's good to like keep doing little things. We've talked about maybe doing like our Sister Sue Posh custom designs. Uh, yeah. I think just anything. Just more streams of income. I mean. Yeah, it can only helps. help. Yeah. We've even noticed on like such a small scale, it's like the months that we actually do do a good job of processing to like Mercari and Depop. Yeah. It doesn't like change the game by any means. We're still making majority on Poshmark, but it's like it gives you that little extra boost. If one of these guys totally leaves us behind, we're going to need all the different streams. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> the third lesson is just staying consistent, keep plugging away. And trying not to be affected by the good and bad sales weeks, because that has been like, again, July. It was <laughs> there. My mood was directly, my like mood was directly tied to like a good sales week. Oh, my sales are horrible. Like I need to get a new job like right now. Yeah. And if I'm going to make a go of this long term and like get to work from home and get all the yeah. benefits that come with it. It's like the sales are going to be up and down. Like there's going to be days where I make zero sales, sometimes multiple days in a row. And then I'm going to have a day where I make a lot of sales. And it's all, if I look at my projection for like the last year, it's constantly going up. So I don't need to worry so much about like the day-to-day -day right. ups and downs. Good to remember that, of course, like during the bad times. So like, yeah, remember, like keep keep staying consistent. Like, I feel like that's very normal advice, but I feel like for me, it's been even helpful to try to apply that to like, keep plugging away. Like even when the sales are good, because sometimes my natural instinct can be to, Oh, like I just had my big Valentine's day sale. Like I'm taking next week off. Like I barely listed anything and like barely shared. And then it's like, you kind of feel that lag. Yeah. And you, the well, weekly that... task of listing X amount of items and sourcing and shipping orders on time, like needs to be happening every week, unless it's like a week where you're planning to take time off and then right you don't want to take a lot of unplanned breaks from your plan of listing because that's how you make sales in the future yeah and that <laughs> helps keep your number of listings more consistent because like when you have those big sales then your listing number kind of drops and then if you don't keep doing the consistent listing to bring it back up it's gonna yeah. make the next few weeks harder so yeah as a whole i've been getting better and better at with that, with staying consistent and like knowing, yeah. okay. Cause it is basically just like a math equation in a numbers game. Obviously there's ups and downs to it, but in general, I know if I list X amount of items per month, I'll make about this much money per month. If I share my class right. this many times a day and do this, of course, there's like a scale to that. Some months can be better. Some months can be worse, but in general, there's like an expected range that I'm hitting, you know, try to just keep the, keep the tasks like separate from like how the performance is going. And then, yeah maybe reevaluate with goals like every couple months to be like, okay, this is working. This is not, but. Definitely. Yeah. That's a good tip. And then the fourth lesson learned for a full-time reseller, we were just discussing when we were writing the outline for this episode. Okay. What's like the biggest difference between being full-time and part-time for like reselling. It's like basically how often you have a dedicated chunk of time to dedicate to it. So for you right now, when you're doing the sourcing, basically go like maybe like once during the weekend for a couple hours and that's your time to find new inventory. Yes. So when you're full time, you have more time to focus on your reselling. So you can decide to spend a little more bit more time sourcing. That's been like a big takeaway for me is when I used to be part time, I would go sourcing there's be like a few items I was on the fence about, but I'd be like, well, this is my only time to source. So I'm just getting them even like subconsciously doing that. Yeah. 
trying to shift your mindset to being like, this is like full time, like my items, I need to get to the point where they are like, I'm not making as many bad buys and that the items that I'm sourcing are like more profitable, like in general, like I want that to keep going up, you know, maybe more frequently go thrifting, but only be leaving with like the best items that I'm really excited about and not try to like force them and make it Right. Like, oh, well, this might be able to sell. Like being more realistic with like checking the comps and investing my money on that. Yeah. On. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. This is a good deal. And even at the bins, because that I think it's like, easy I to wanted, just throw it in. It's easy to throw it in because it's literally so cheap. But it, and you could probably still sell it. But it's still there's like a whole balancing act because you, I could still go to the bins two days a week and get only the best things from the bins and pay only, you know, the same amount. And then you're not filling up your closet with this stuff that's going to be sitting forever. Not even so much with the money that it's tying up. Cause it, it, it's not taking up a ton of money, obviously, but it's like the space and just like the time photographing it and all of that, right. like checking for flaws, especially at the bins and with the frequency of the halls. Like, I feel like that plays into it where just trying to train myself to be a little bit more picky. That's something I've been trying to do too. Like if it has a flaw, I'm just not getting it. Like I really am trying to have that mindset because I'm just yeah. like, I don't want to take the time to fix it. And I don't want to risk getting a bad rating or something like that if I don't yeah. fix it perfectly. So the I'm time to like, fix it could be spent like finding something better. Right. The last quarter of the year, that was when I was super in my bins kick and I was going all the time. And I was checking for flaws, but it's like, there's, there was a few that I missed. Like, I don't want to be like kicked off Poshmark because I'm like buying a $1 item at the bins that I'm not looking over closely enough. You know what I mean? Like I need to getting quality items that can sell for a good profit that fits into your business model and not make these exceptions being like, Oh, I can fix that. Or, Oh, this, I can, this will probably sell fast, but I'll only make like $5. It's like, okay. Like what's the long-term game here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those are really good tips. The lessons like all my mistakes I've made. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think a lot of those carry over and like can be applied to anyone, even if you're part-time or just starting out. I mean, they're all really good things to keep in mind as we're, we're working on these, but especially when you're full-time and it's, you know, you're obviously devoting more time to it. Yeah, we'll have to check in a year from now to see kind of updates on these lessons learned. I feel like some of them were more like recent lessons. So like how it's going a year Mm -hmm. from now, you'll probably be in a whole different spot and have even more tips for the rest of us. All right. So I also wanted to ask if you have any tips for anyone that is thinking about going full-time on Poshmark or has recently made the switch to full-time, like what would your tips be for them? I think the number one tip going full-time when you're starting out is think about how you are, like what your like social needs are, I guess, if you're extroverted, introverted. For me, like going from working with like a team and like in customer service, talking to people all the time and being a little bit more extroverted just naturally, uh, that was like one thing when I was going to go full-time, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, am I going to like hate this and go insane after like a month? Because like, I'm just like, some days I don't talk to anyone besides if I call you, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think about what your personality's like and what that's going to look like for you. And even if you are more introverted, I think it's still a good idea to try to network a little bit connect with people in your area that also do reselling. Last August, I just happened to see on Instagram, like on someone's stories, like, Hey, calling all like Phoenix resellers. We're getting together for dinner. Like DM us if you want to join. Da, 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 da. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I should go to that. I don't know anyone else who does reselling in Phoenix. And I don't know. It's just cool when you get to meet up with people and it's like, you already have stuff baseline in common. So it's not like, Oh, what are we going to talk about? Like there's already stuff to talk about get together with people that are in the same boat as you and kind of feel like you have coworkers in a sense. Yeah, You speak the same language. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was huge. I've like loved 
meeting up with the different resellers that I've met in Phoenix. Everyone's been like awesome, super nice. And it's like fun to have people to go thrifting with sometimes when like, you know, you can't come visit me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of reselling, making sure you have stuff on the calendar to get together with friends and family, like making a point to schedule that in. For me, that's looked like making sure I get to see my Maddie every couple of months at least. <laughs> that we have a trip planned to see each other. Seeing other family that's coming to visit or I'm going to visit them. Our sister Macy lives in Arizona. So having her come over once a week, watch a show or something. Just getting yeah. together with friends and family so you still like have a life and you're not just isolated, holding yeah. yourself up in your house. <laughs> Definitely. Another tip for resellers wanting to go full-time would be, I think, narrowing in on a specific business model early on before you go full-time. I feel like that was something that when you first start out reselling, you're selling your clothes in your own closet, you're learning a lot about it, you're experimenting. Like I know for us, neither of us were very like zoned in on like, okay, this is about how much I'm spending per item and this is about how much I'm wanting to make off of it. But I think identifying that early on so you have that as kind of like a backbone to what you're doing with your business once i kind of figured that out for myself it's been going a lot more smoothly it's easier to stick to too once you have like a set plan like this is what i'm mostly trying to do it's easier to like yeah you can plan your sourcing around it It, because otherwise it's almost too open-ended like there's so many places i could source in phoenix at any given time but if you try to do it all you can't really be successful as quickly. I don't think, I think it's good to have a base model for what you're doing. Mogi Beth. I know we talk about her a lot on the podcast, but she has a really good YouTube video that goes over, I think like three different types of reseller business models. And we just recently did our episode about paying up and kind of talked about where we're at with all of that kind of zoning in for me. Like once I started realizing wanting to keep my cost of goods to about this much, and I'm wanting to sell for about this much, sourcing a little bit more at the bins, starting out a little more low cost, experimenting with some of the higher ASP by doing the trading and trying to keep my costs low. For me, that has been, it helps me make all my other decisions I need to make around that, like you said. So it's, yeah, that's been helpful. Otherwise you can feel kind of aimless and you're like, maybe I should pick this up. And it is a little stressful being full-time when you no longer have your paycheck from your regular job coming in anymore. So it's like, you need to be able to make a full-time income for yourself and have money to like reinvest in your business all based on your reselling decisions. So having that business model to be zoned in on, that's been huge. Definitely. Kind of going off of the connecting with people in your area that are reselling, talking to other people that have done it. If you don't have, if you live in an area where maybe it's been challenging to get a group of resellers together for whatever reason, reaching out to people on Instagram or just like commenting on people's posts and stories and trying to like build relationships that way. It's been so nice for me that you do reselling too. I feel like I would be, yeah, it's, it's good to have a sounding board of someone who understands like what we're doing. And when you have an exciting haul, having someone to share it with, if you have a big sale, having someone to share it with, if you have a day where your sales have been slow, having someone to talk to about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good having having a community where you like have someone. Someone that's also been in that same spot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we both like go through swings where we're like super motivated on reselling and then you have like a slump and back and forth. But like for us, it's been like usually one of us is on an up and then like that motivates yeah, the other one, one to be on an up and then that motivates yeah. one to be on up. We're like kind of on a seesaw, teeter-totter. Yeah. yeah that's been like awesome to have have someone to check in with goals. Like we do that for the podcast a lot. Part of that's for the podcast, but part of that just keeps us on track with like, okay, what are we even trying to do this month? What's happening? Right. So it makes us look at the calendar a little bit too, to see what- Have a plan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Obvious tip, ramping up your part-time business as much as you can before you take the step going full-time, I think is really smart. Obviously, once you go full-time, you have a lot more- time to dedicate to everything. So it's not, it's kind of comparing apples to oranges. Uh, You need to hit this exact amount of money before you go full-time. As long as you have a strong plan and are set out to do it, I think you could do it without ever have hitting, hit the goals that you wanted to hit, but you'll thank yourself later if you've ramped it up, got it to a comfortable amount of listings and comfortable amount of monthly income. 
and it's just like a confidence thing too yeah like, you know yourself a little more it. yeah like if you can hit a you know a certain number before you go full time you might just feel more confident going full time it's not necessarily like you have to do that but yeah just for your own sake but that's so true i never really thought about that but i feel like that's how it is with even when we're setting our goals it's like once you hit a threshold of like this is my highest month yeah. and then it seems like all your months start being kind of close to that and then you set the bar higher and then all your like you always rise yeah. to it once you see that it's possible to make x amount of dollars per month then you like subconsciously believe it more and you right it doesn't seem as scary that you're like couldn't do it again where awesome. save money in case you have a slow first couple of weeks, you don't want to spiral. <laughs> You're probably going to have a July where you go insane. So just get ready for that. <laughs> just plan for that. It's getting warmer out. I'm kind of getting triggered. <laughs> oh, no. This is a life tip. Always leave your full-time job on a good note. Keep the Don't burn any bridges when you're leaving your full-time to go work on your own thing. Give as much notice as you can and you always want to keep a door open a crick in case you wanna in case you don't like working from home or you don't like right. working for yourself. You know, I, I know resellers from my group in Phoenix where they were full time for a little bit and they're like, I decided like I wanna get a part time job so that way it takes a little bit of that stress off me to like not have anything coming in if I don't nail yeah. it every week. And there's no shame to that. Like there's different seasons sometimes where it's like sometimes full-time makes sense for you. Sometimes it makes sense to keep having a part-time job or keep having a full-time job and keep reselling more part-time. The door's always open, but I think leaving your work on good terms when you when you do decide to take the step to going full-time with reselling specifically, I think I'm happy that I did that. And it's been good to still be connected with my old coworkers and yeah just gives you that peace of mind that if it's like, this is not working out after six months, that- If you need someone as a reference that you still could use that. Or exactly. you could always go back or go back in a part-time capacity or something. Yeah, but even having the reference or just having, I, I think it's just always good to end on a good note. Awesome. Well, this has been a super fun episode to really just recap the last year of you being a full-time reseller, the lessons you've learned and- some of the tips you'd give to other people that are thinking about going full-time as well. I know. I still can't believe it's been a year. It just feels so crazy. Wild. <laughs> the dream. You're just living the dream. The dream. I'm loving it. No, I, yeah, I just can't believe it's been one year. It's just so crazy. So much has happened in one year. Yeah. So if you have any additional questions for Taylor about being a full-time reseller, her first year as a full-time reseller, you can message us at Sisters Who Posh on Instagram, or you can email us at sistersuposh at gmail.com. We should do a different part of this where we do, I want to interview you about being Ooh. part-time. Yeah. Our two-year posh anniversary is coming up this yeah. spring so maybe we can do a deep dive on we might have to put the spotlight on you for that one Ooh, I'm excited. I want to you. <laughs> um, you all kind of undersell it sometimes about how much you are juggling with everything you have going on how you're squeezing in any sales on Poshmark what's happening so we gotta talk about this definitely yeah that you probably have a lot soon. of lessons learned oh lots of lessons learned <laughs> Stretching yourself too thin. That's the first one. <laughs> Still haven't learned lesson, but. Burnout. What do you do? <laughs> More to come on that. More to come. More to come. Awesome. Well, we'll be back next week with our photography updates episode. We're really excited for that. And. Yeah, lots of fun episodes coming this spring. I feel like it's a really fun time on Poshmark with the seasons changing. I know my husband was at the mall for an eye appointment yesterday and he was like, the mall was bumping because I feel like everyone's trying to get their spring outfits going. So I feel like we're going to see a big push on like Poshmark and reselling as well. So yeah, 
we get to keep buying all the dresses now, which is really fun. Yes. Your fave. My fave. I'm over sweaters and jackets. Don't even talk to me about those. <laughs> we'll see you in the fall. <laughs> we'll see you in August. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would love to get some more reviews on there, hear from you guys, what you're loving about the pod. Let us know. Otherwise, we'll be back next week with another episode. Love you, Tay. Love you, too. Bye. Happy one year. (gasps) Thank you. (laughs) Wait, what if, like, I make you do, like, what? Sorry, this episode is going on forever. But um, what if I make you do, like, when you get married and there's, like, the first anniversary, the paper anniversary? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll get you that. Whatever that is. I want you to give me the things for my flashback anniversary. I'm on it. I'm on it. (laughs) Okay, great. Okay, love you guys. Bye.